In April 1982, Radio Television Luxembourg's production group, the catchily titled Diffusion Information Commercial Division, opened an American arm in Burbank, California. Initially created to translate their existing animated series for an American audience, this company would go on to become one of the most prolific animation studios of the 80s and 90s. We are the Deke Geeks, and welcome to the incredible world of Deke. As I said, we are the Deke Geeks. I'm Mark, this is Emma. Hey! Uh, so yeah, this is a pilot for a... A uh, brand new venture into the world venture. unknown of shitty, cheaply produced 80s and 90s cartoons. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Not just any cheaply, shitty produced cartoons, though. We're talking about the ones specifically produced by the company Deke. As the intro and name might, like you might have kind of figured yeah, out from that, like yeah, you might have cottoned like, onto that. Just bit. maybe. So yeah, here, here's here's the skinny, the 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 here's the latte talk. Here's the latte. Uh, Deke, when I was go- growing up, Deke basically sold quite a lot of packages of cartoons cheaply to predominantly Channel Four. And I used to watch the hell out of them. <laughs> to me, Deke was a name synonymous with the kind of... I wanted to say Saturday morning because that's when it was in America, but let's face it, it was Sunday morning in the yeah, UK. Yeah, Sunday morning is pretty much the, the day for cartoons here. Yeah, we don't have the same um, church culture. Well, we kind of do. We kind of do, but But it's, it's a lot more relaxed. Yeah, television doesn't... Yeah. Schedule around churchgoers. Yeah. So, Sunday mornings Says is... a lot about America, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sunday mornings is the point at which trashy American cartoons were shown on Channel 4. So, I woke up to things like uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, the cartoon. Oh, man. Classic. And um, honestly, better than the Super Show. Although the Super Show is good in its own right because of um, it's the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, everybody, let's do Yeah, yeah. Um, you may have noticed from um, from the titles I've described that Deke's ventures were very much of their time. Oh yeah. They were very much jumpers onto existing trends rather than innovators in themselves. And so looking back at the deep catalog apart from a couple of original ventures, for example, today's subject, Inspector Gadget, uh it's mostly hilarious tripe like uh cartoons based on new kids from the block. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. MC Hammer. And then uh, Me Too's for other 
company's series, so various different riffs on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles formula. Also of note is one of the many, like one of the few lost Deke series. What was it called? Wolf Rock TV, featuring a Uh, very popular at the time radio presenter who was known in particular for his voice. You got the Wolfman, Jack! And now the mighty Wolfman doth roll up his sleeves and giveth to you the Beach Boy! That voice, of course, being that of Wolfman Jack. Yeah, there's some real oddities in the Deke Vault, some of them which just don't exist anymore because of licensing. And then, of course, there are the others which are just weird and bizarre attempts to basically create toy franchises. So, uh, assuming that this pilot goes anywhere, we will be looking at (laughs) this bizarre series of tripe, most of which Emma hasn't encountered. I mean, do you... What Deke do you remember? Uh, ooh... I would say I mean, most of the ones that I do remember are some of the newer stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, you, uh, you may or may not know if you've uh, listened to any of our other stuff. Emma is ten years younger than me. So, whilst I am a child of the early 90s, she is a child of the early 2000s. So, Mark actually printed out the full Wikipedia list of shows produced by Deke Entertainment. Um, In Wikipedia printable format. Indeed. So this goes all the way through everything. Looking at the ones that were pretty much from around my time, or rather the ones that would have been rerun around my time. Oh yeah, so many reruns. Um, Because, of course... Being British, we got things a few years later, and then, of course, since then, children's television has mostly just rerun old things again and again and again, because there are so many children's television channels that can do that now. Yes, although at this point... Uh, oh, yes, presently, were, uh... it is yeah, it is only the one TV channel here in the UK that runs old Deke programs, and that is Pop, which is it's gone downhill over the years. It used to be a pretty decent um, channel when it's... it used to just show old UK TV shows, but since then they've kind of gone into newer stuff, and it's just going. Like, ah, I don't want to watch you anymore. And well, I mean, who is watching TV channels for kids these days? They're all watching kids. I'll give you. I'll give you a little clue. Kids. No. Parents who want to distract kids. All the actual kids are watching their Minecraft Let's Plays. Ah, true, true. But anyway... Um, Damn the kids with their Minecraft Let's Plays <laughs> and their YouTubes. Um, they don't know how good they've got it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, ones that I remember watching on TV, uh, as they were either broadcast for the first time or even rerun. Um, the not first one... Know. Well, yeah, not that I know. The first one that I specifically take note of is Sabrina the Animated Series. Now, this was... Ah, yes, I remember they had the Archie license <clears throat> for many years, Yes, didn't they? they did. Now, I remember this being shown pretty much around the same time as the reruns of the live-action show, which still remains one of my favourites sitcoms, if I'm all honest. It's, it's a great little franchise and, like, Hell, I even read the books as well. Uh, Big Sabrina fan as a kid, Frank I was. Frank Conniff was a writer on the uh, the live-action one. <sighs> TV's Frank. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, right. Oh, him. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow. <laughs> it does go show you where, how, where, why that was so good. They yeah. had some really decent comedians writing the jokes. I mean, it. yeah, it was. I remember it being a pretty damn funny show. <laughs> um, I was a fan of the TV show, the animated series, the books, the video games. 
really fucking strong ass franchise that has since gone down. It's a shame. Uh, it's less that it's still got it's gone down, more that they haven't really done that much with it. I Although, kind of like it that way. There was enough done to it in the 90s and early 2000s that there's far more than like yes. enough content than you would ever need. Although I'm trying to remember, I think she has shown up in the uh, the reboot Archieverse. Well, there you so, go. Well, I mean, we'll that, that makes sense that. as well. <laughs> the I'm, I mean, I've read the first issue of the Archie comic and, you know, all right. It's Archie. But yeah. Modern. Um, what else do I recognise on this list here? It's probably I, a jug head issue. <laughs> <jug head laughs> Um, let's see, Gadget and the Gadgetinis, which is a spin-off of Inspector Gadget. I never saw this. I never saw this. This was a show that I believe was originally broadcast on the now dead, well, I see dead, um, the satellite TV channel Jetix, which was Fox Kids and is now Disney XD. I remember seeing a DVD for that in the local Morrisons, and that's about the extent of my knowledge about it. It seemed kind of neat. Never watched it, though. Um... After that, it would be Super Duper Sumos. Oh, God. Oh, God. Which, I rewatched the theme song to that, and... Oh, God. <laughs> I liked that show. That's just fat jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And casual racism. Yeah. It's quite shocking. <laughs> 2002 to 2003. Interestingly, around the same year as the Mighty Boosh. Uh, Moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, let's see. From reruns, in the terms of reruns, um, obviously the one that we're talking about today, Inspector Gadget. Also Sonic Underground. I remember getting a, <laughs> a cheap DVD <laughs> of that. The Forgotten Sonic. The Forgotten Sonic. Yeah, I never see anyone fucking talking about Underground. And... Well, that is within reason, to be quite fair. <laughs> um, I still think it deserves a better love. It's still just as cheesy as Adventures, to be quite honest. Their mother was never found. <laughs> oh, that is sad. That's sad. It got cancelled. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I, got, I remember getting a two-episode DVD of that from, I believe it was... A branch of the discount stationery store chain, The Works. And I believe I might have gotten that on holiday. Looking through on here, the only other one that I recognise on the list is, of course, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. So, yeah. that's fun. That's going to be interesting. I'm trying to remember where I saw that initially. and ITV, probably. Uh, no, I think, actually... Or possibly my, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, my, my first encounters with the Super Mario Brothers uh, TV cartoons was most likely YouTube poops because... Yes, it did have to be. I don't yeah. think we ever got the um, the Super Show. I think we got the Super Mario Brothers 3 cartoon. No. And that I was do it. remember later on buying a DVD with it on, though, and watching that and enjoying I'd, it quite a bit because yeah, it was really shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interestingly, it also had the Jetix logo on it, which is weird. But hey, licensing. Uh, that's who was licensing it at the time. Shall we be moving on? Let's move on to Inspector Gadget, right because so. I'm pretty sure our audience is damn hyped up to hear us listen. <laughs> to hear us talk to, about, to hear about a... Uh, a um, talk us about this. this a 23-year-old cartoon. <laughs> yeah. This one which... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. We have a lot to get into here, folks. 
At the start of the 1980s, the American animation giant Hanna-Barbera shared a studio in Taiwan with the then Paris-based Deek Audiovisuel, which is how it came to the attention of then Hanna-Barbera writer and editor Andy Hayward. At the time, Deek's animated output had been mostly limited to advertising and industrial films, but they were making movies towards the entertainment industry. Hayward struck up a deal with Deke that saw him moving to Paris to work alongside their team with a view to branching out into the American television market. Hayward was asked to create them something that would appeal to kids in the States, and so soon after the foundation of the US branch, he came up with the idea of Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget's design doesn't stray too far from its inspirations. Having been created by a former Hanna-Barbera story writer, it should be unsurprising that both the idea of an android hero full of gadgetry and the idea of a hapless hero whose dog did all the work came from an existing Hanna-Barbera property, Dynamot the Dog Wonder, a show starring a Batman knockoff assisted by a transforming dog made of gadgetry. He was a kind of superhero who did everything wrong, said Haywood in a 2006 interview, and nothing he did came out right except that he did have a dog that was pretty smart. And I thought, hmm, there's something there. The original character design also had a moustache, but that was removed after MGM sent a cease and desist letter complaining that with his moustache, trench coat and bumbling antics, Inspector Gadget was far too similar to Inspector Clouseau, Peter Sells' character from The Pink Panther, that was strictly comfortable. The super spy gadgetry and theming of the villains came straight out of TV comedy Get Smart, as did the actor and comedian Don Adams, who provided his voice for Gadget. So we just watched four episodes of Inspector Gadget. Emma, what did you make of the four episodes of Inspector Gadget that we watched? Right. So, uh, there's two seasons to Inspector Gadget, totaling 85 episodes. But we watched it on Netflix. Netflix only has the first season. So we for watched... For some reason. For some reason. We, have, we watched, what was it, four episodes? Yep. Four episodes of Inspector Gadget Season 1. We watched the first two episodes, and then we watched two other episodes at random based entirely off both their thumbnail and also what the base storyline was. Yes. Essentially how um, culturally insensitive it was inevitably going to be. Yeah. We went with Arabian Nights. Yeah. 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 So um, let's go one by one on each episode, I think. Um, well, um, that, well, no, let's do them all as a whole, but yeah, we'll talk about each episode's well, plot. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, let's face it, they all have exactly the same plot. Oh, yeah. It's 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 a very cookie-cutter it's show. Incredibly it's incredibly structured. Well-structured. It's... It's solid structure. It's a terrible, terrible program, but it's built on a solid foundation. Your solid foundation is this. First, Gadget, Penny and Brain, who is Penny's pet dog, are going out somewhere they're doing they're, they're planning for a thing they're going to go do a thing it can be anything from going on vacation to visiting scotland right which is what they're doing in the first episode to gadget playing the cello something he has never done before and never will do but apparently is something he does occasionally indeed and will never be mentioned again yes from there gadget gets a telephone call on his magical telephone fingers from the general not the general the chief the even, chief um says the same couple of lines and then suddenly the chief is nearby him. The chief gives him a letter which describes his mission in brief. And this is a joke straight out of Get Smart. And always, always self destructs. To which Gadget usually scrunches up the paper and then gives it back to the chief, who then gets exploded. Yeah. So far, so formula. Yes. From there, 
Gadget blindly bumbles and stumbles his way into trying to solve the mystery, while Penny and Brain go forth and actually fucking solve it. Brain using various costumes to hide the fact that he's a dog walking on two legs. I think we decided it was more often cross-dressing than not. Yes. And, um... Penny literally being there to advance the plot and literally nothing else. She does fuck all. Now, now, now. That's unfair. She also uh, exposits everything. Great. (laughs) Penny... She's purely there for exposition and in case the plot needs shoving. Yes, basically. Penny was added to the show purely to add appeal to girls. Yes. Literally. That's the entire reason she's there. Otherwise, she would not be there and it would be a clone of Dynamite. on an interview from a DVD. (laughs) Exactly. So there you go. From there, Brain usually solves the mystery. Penny congratulates him. And Gadget somehow stumbled into the entire situation that Brain was in the middle of solving. And as such, it looks like Gadget had managed to solve the mystery. And the Chief congratulates him. Yes. And he's none the wiser, but goes with it anyway. And then the episode ends. Uh, Well, no, you've missed the other thing, which is occasionally the villain. uh, Dr. Claw, is it? Yes, Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw uh, will hoarsely curse out Gadget and then mistreat his cat. Yeah. Something for our British listeners, um, which I know there's at least a couple. Um, If you listen back to Dr. Claw's voice now, you might notice a striking resemblance to the uh, voice that of Baron Von Greenback from the original Danger Mouse cartoon. Just more echoey and less British. Yeah. It is. to be fair, this is... Surprisingly similar. This is... Doc, uh, stupid um, supervillain. Oh yeah, voice. Hundred percent. It's very much played to character. Yeah. So yeah, it's very formulaic. And then at the just before the credits on each episode, there is a PSA uh, towards the viewers of the show, very much like Sonic says, although it's not directed at the viewers. If it's I, I'm Gadget going... and Penny talking yeah. to each other, saying, "Hey, we probably shouldn't be doing this stuff without certain safety precautions." Now, if I remember correctly, I believe there were tax breaks offered to basically American children's programs uh, if they had lessons, if they had uh, life lessons in them. Winners don't do drugs. Which essentially just resulted in them packing a PSA at the end of every episode purely to get that tax break rather than what they were supposed to do which was to kind of weave moral and ethical and safety themes into uh, the episodes themselves. Which which was great because it allowed you to see such fucking bizarre wacko crazy things as tails with cigarettes. (laughs) Yes, um, yes. The 80s were wonderful. Uh, that's, that's, That's Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Arguably the best one. Yeah, I literally just pissed off all of our listeners. Um, certainly a uh, certain percentage of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. That's um, that's we we we're saving Sonic the Hedgehog for another time. Uh, yes, and then another time after that, and then another time after that, and possibly also the Christmas special. So yes. another time after that. 
If you came here for Sonic content, oh boy, howdy, you're going to get it, but you're going to have to put up with some more Inspector. shit. Well, there are there are several Inspector Gadget uh, Oh yeah, they're saying, they're saying the, the only Inspector Gadget episode we're going to do, we're going to hit up Gadgetinis, we're going to hit up Gadget's Field Trip, we're going to hit up all the business. We're going to hit up Gadget Boy twice, because halfway through they retooled it into, into an educational show. Yes, which I am very excited for. <laughs> Who boy. So yeah, um... One truly great thing about Inspector Gadget is the theme song. Yes. I think as I... Actually, I would say the incidental music in it is pretty good as well. Well, it's all by the same uh, musician. Oh, yes. And to be honest, a lot of the shows that we will be doing have the same musician. I should have written his name down. His surname is Levy. He is a American-Israeli a composer and one of his close friends founded Saban. Yeah. This is everything I know about the guy. I'm sure I will find out more at some point. Saban, which I'm pretty sure was pronounced Saban. Is it Saban? I think it's Saban. I'm not entirely sure. The Power Rangers company, basically. Yes, those guys. Yeah. If um, you're figuring out what we're trying to mean by that. Well name. they they uh they actually they did Power Rangers. For many years they owned the international um broadcast rights to uh, a lot of Deke programs because oh. when Deke bought themselves out from RTL who are a big French network uh, despite being radio television Luxembourg I'm not entirely sure how that works uh, either way when they bought themselves out uh, they were in a huge amount of debt and so uh, they sold the rebroadcast rights internationally but not in the States uh, to Saban because of this connection between their composer and the guy who founded Saban. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's the basic gist of how Gadget goes. Yes. Um, so shall we talk about the episodes in particular? I think characters would be a better characters. Thing to okay, run then. Well, let's dive into the characters. We have essentially described all of the episodes now because they are all the same. Well, kind of. We've described the they base formula, but we haven't... Theming. Yeah, we haven't described the theming of, uh, well, uh, uh, just a couple of them in particular. We will leave that for later. Okay. No need to go into that huge amount of detail because I am sure most of these 80s cartoons have terrible, terrible uh, representation of different countries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> let's go into the characters and then we'll touch upon some of the things that I wanted to uh, talk about in the episode okay Inspector Gadget himself yes total uh, twat complete yes. tool the biggest problem with Inspector Gadget <laughs> get it complete tool oh that's what you were going for not at all I just realised it was that oh, <laughs> right okay. as I said it was like <laughs> funny joke well done thanks um, so yeah, the, the biggest problem with Inspector Gadget is that he isn't likable. No. I mean... He's a complete arsehole. He is the terrible comedy sidekick in his own series. Yeah. And there were multiple points at which I just asked, why is he in this? Why is he in this slash why is he that clueless? I mean, he isn't clueless to a point of... No. Clueless isn't the right word. Oblivious. Oblivious. Right Oblivious is definitely the right word. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, I mentioned Clouseau earlier, but Clouseau at least knew where he was? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a difference between doing all the wrong things and basically 
being Mr. Magoo despite not being blind. Yeah, I mean, I can get the main comedy source for Gadget in that he's a cyborg, he's this multi-million, multi-millionaire dollar man, um, we can rebuild him kite bloke, in that he's just part cyborg, in that he's got a million different gadgets coming out of all of his different appendages, including his head. And yet he's completely oblivious to using them properly, using them for good rather than for anything else. Oftentimes, he just kind of forgets that he has certain gadgets, or even that. Oh God! The amount of times he, he gets just... stuck in the air or on roofs. He is a helicopter. He is a functional helicopter. It is shown in the introduction of the show. Why were you stuck on a roof with a flock of sheep? Yeah. That's kind of the end result of this kind of characterizing, unfortunately. I can see where they were coming from and what they were trying to do, but they just kind of fucked it. I mean, had it, it I just feel that it could have been a lot more entertaining had he just been incompetent. Yeah. But there is a huge difference between incompetence and not knowing what exactly you're doing. Having just not incoherence yeah not being able to catch on to whatever's happening examples in multiple episodes he's looking for the place that he is supposed to go whilst walking around that place now this sounds like it makes sense like it could be an actual joke these situations in which he is doing it do not function hmm for example he walks through a robotic Loch Ness monster without realising that he is inside a robotic Loch Ness monster. This seems like something you'd notice. Um, and this is supposed to be funny, but mostly it just means that scenes involving Inspector Gadget are the least interesting in the show. Uh, There's leaving... a few funny jokes here and there. I can... Yes, but I mean, all of the actual meat of it comes from Penny and Brain. Yeah. And not even that much Penny, because all she does is exposit what Brain's doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it all comes from Brain. And if Brain could speak English, then there would be no need for Penny. Yeah. And then it should just be reverse dynamite. Yeah. Which it was. <laughs> yeah. Which it was supposed to be. So yeah, Brain. Brain? We're well, moving on to Brain. Let's okay. move on to Brain, because... Brain... Well, yeah, we don't really have anything well, to the talk on, about with the Penny. Well, only, the only other thing I know about uh, Gadget himself is that um, his uh, his Luke, his kind of um, spiky black hair and big nose, are based on Andy Haywood, the, the guy who created him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Affectionate caricature of yourself, huh, Mr. Haywood? I think it's more French animated jokes. <laughs> Let's draw Andy Hayward. Actually, this works. Yeah. Let's put a moustache on him. To, let's put a moustache on him to disguise the fact that it is Andy Hayward. Whoops! It looks like Clouseau. Did Did Hayward voice himself in the in the um, Inspector Gadget? Um, actually, there were two other uh, voice actors uh, before. Um, Oh, who was it? It was Don... I tripped over this name repeatedly before... Uh, Don the Adams. Editing. Don Adams. Uh, there were two other voice actors, but they didn't cut it. So there are, in fact, two versions of the pilot, neither 
neither of which have Don Adams in, and both of which have uh, a huge bushy moustache on Inspector Gadget. Great. Sounds good. Yeah. Brain! Except that it means there's another episode of uh, Inspector Gadget. Brain! <laughs> Brain! 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 Uh, what kind Everyone's of dog do you reckon favourite canine cross-dresser. <laughs> yep. Uh, there was an episode yeah. where he dresses up as a nurse and he doesn't remove the outfits until the very last minute. There was an episode where he dresses up as a belly dancer. Yeah, that's just, that was... Um, yeah? Yeah. Just kind of notice that, like a lot of the times throughout the entire series, like maybe just possibly just this is just a wild hunch. Maybe that this show just kind of possibly influenced some people's kinks. Oh, here I will introduce a new mantra into the show. Don't think about it. Yeah, don't think about it too much. Don't think too hard about. Don't it. think about it too much. Okay. So don't to mind think, at ease. Think so, about petting yes, the dog. Yes, don't think pet about the, the fact that Gadget is capable of If you don't like dogs himself, or are allergic to dogs, don't pet think about the cat. The multiple times if you're allergic to both cats and dogs, pet the bird. Uh, don't think pet about the all bird. the cross-dressing. Don't pet think. the bird. So yeah, brain. Yeah, brain. It's Surprisingly competent for a dog. Yes. Uh, brain is the most competent character. Yeah, he can walk on two legs, he can solve entire mysteries, he can get Gadget out of trouble. The only thing that he can't do is speak English. Or go and without cross-dressing. All that. Unfortunately, the problem is, is that this ends up meaning that Brain talks like Taz the Tasmanian Devil half the time. Well, it's more grunts. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah, Taz. It's, it's it? Taz. It's Taz. It's just Taz. So although Taz has a better grasp of the human, yeah, <laughs> he honestly does because he does actually speak a lot of human words sometimes. Wasn't there a point where Taz just straight up spoke perfect English? Uh, not Into perfect, kind of... but most. Yeah, uh, but I mean, we're talking um, uh, Warner. Wasn't that like Tasmania? That yes. was part of, yeah. Which is he still well, spoke like which in is the, one we forgot tongues. when we were talking about Animaniacs and uh, Tiny yeah. Toons when the last Tasmania was my shit Tasmania though. Was Tasmania was so good. God, Warner Brothers was so good at cartoons. <laughs> so back to Deke. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've done it again. You've locked me in the crystal prison. <laughs> Um, the only other character worth talking about would probably be the uh, Chief. Well, there's Penny. No. The only other character worth talking about is Chief. Yeah, the Chief. Um, The Chief, who is an interesting character, even though he doesn't really do much. As I say, pretty much straight out of Get Smart. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything. He's just kind of there, uh, says a couple of lines, and then he's gone. Yeah, he's basically a combination of the Chief and the secret agents from Get Smart. The secret agents in Get Smart used to appear in cupboards and that sort of thing. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I will say that him appearing in random places did lead to like possibly the best joke of the four episodes that we saw. Well, they was... are the best visual jokes. Yeah. And the quality of the one in Arabian Nights. Yes, that was it. Excellent. Arabian Nights. So, the start of the episode, the trio of them, Penny, Gadget, and uh, Brain, are on the golf course. They're playing golf. Um, Gadget lands a shot in the bunker. And to clear the sand that the ball is stuck on, he uses a fan that's integrated into his putter 
to clear it away, which then reveals the chief's head just staring at him blankly. Yeah, with the golf ball in his pipe. Yeah. And then he takes the golf ball off, and then his assignment comes in through the pipe. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, like, probably the best joke. It's it's better it's, in motion, obviously, it's, as with uh, most yeah, that, gags, but, yeah. I mean, that works. It was a, it was a good that, gag. That was one of the few gags that genuinely worked. Yeah. <sighs> Shame about all the others. <laughs> I was about to say that. Quite literally took the words out of my mouth there. Um, so, yeah. Shall we move on to the things worth talking about in the episodes that um, we did? Yeah, okay. Um, so... Inspector Gadget has this fun sub-game that you can play called Count the Crimes, which is where you look <laughs> at Inspector Gadget and count every single crime that he commits. Yes, um, we we were so bored we had to come up with our own game. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a more ad-libbed thing. But, um, yeah. Basically, in episode two, Gadget commits how many crimes? Like five crimes in quick succession? It's trespassing, well, he... breaking and entering... Um, what else was there? Uh, well, it, we started counting when he um, didn't pay for petrol. Yes, that was that was one. That's gas for our American mm-hmm. listeners. Um, he he he. Well, he didn't fill his car up with gas. He filled his car up from Brain dressed as a gas. Yeah. Okay, for some oh. reason in this episode, Brain doesn't really do much. Brain, for the most part of the episode, sits around in just various costumes. So the first part, he sat there as a gas station following Gadget, and Gadget uses Brain's finger to put gas into his car, to which Brain then imitates the ding noises, which I thought was a pretty good gag in itself. Kind of cute. It's a pretty good gag, except that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why is he there? Uh, He's following Gadget. How did he get there before Gadget if he's following Gadget? Who fucking knows? Why isn't he just... You know, in the boot of Gadget's car. He's a dog. He can do that. That's socially acceptable for him. Well, I don't know. (laughs) And then after that, he's just kind of sitting in a fucking hay bale, which no one seems to notice until the very last moment that it's him inside the hay bale. And of course, Gadget, being as oblivious as he is, doesn't realise it's brain and is then confused at the fact of a hay bale with arms and legs. Because, yeah... Yeah. But yeah, so first he doesn't pay for gas. He just drives off from the gas station without paying anything. Uh, he then just wanders into somebody's farmhouse. Breaking and entering? Uh, or he... trespassing, rather. Well, both. So uh, that's three. Three crimes in total. Falls asleep on the couch. Vagrancy. Four. Uh, he, he just takes a can of gas at one point and then spills it. Thievery. Polluting. Polluting. <laughs> a, uh, um, he then also... Uh, when he was somehow got onto the roof with all the sheep, um, he broke the aerial, so property damage. Yeah. So all in all, that's seven crimes in total in quick succession. I mean, admittedly, um, Mad were basically uh, a terror group at this in this episode, and therefore his petty crimes don't quite balance against yeah, Mad's. Yeah, no, but, not uh, really. But I mean, I just, oh, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go too deep into that. We don't need that sort of stuff nowadays. Ah, uh, where were we up to? We so, talked about right. So that was episode two. Episode one wasn't really worth talking about. We've already kind of touched upon the main bits of that. Uh, yeah, Penny literally does nothing that episode. Yeah, she stands by a radar and goes, ah, "There is something in the lock." Sorry, she says lake, but it's a lock. Yeah, it's a fucking lock. 
Learn the difference. What is the difference? Scotland. Ah. That's pretty much the difference. <laughs> okay, got it. The third episode we watched, which I can't remember the name of, but it was possibly one of the most 80s things you could ever see, uh, in which a pop musician is being targeted by Mad in order to be mind-controlled and then produce that same kind of mind-control effect music for Mad so that they can take over the world. Pop. Yeah. Pop. Pop. Uh, by which we mean glam rocker playing something that sounded a bit like punk. Yeah, it's a bit weird, that. <laughs> bit weird, that. Bit weird. Um, and I'm not sure what his accent was supposed to be. I mean, for most of the this show episode specific a... characters, they were very weird accents. This all show around. doesn't really know how to do accents unless they're American or Canadian. Yeah, basically. Like, I mean, hell, even in Arabian Nights, the king of that particular city, which doesn't exist. Um, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was. Something goofy. Something is Stan. Yeah, they usually are. Um, but the king of that country was prince. inexplicably prince. The prince of that country, you fucking pedantic twat. Well, it's was, an important plot point. Well, whatever. He was inexplicably a young British boy. Yeah, he was pretty white, wasn't he? Yeah, he was very white. <laughs> he sounded like your generic rich son. Or like, or like, tiny white British son of a rich man, down to the fake British accent. In a turban. In a turban, and then the villain of that episode, who was called Fast Abdul. Yeah. Inexplicably yeah. had an accent which was pretty French sounding. In fact, very Canadian sounding. One um, might say. Yeah, kind of all over the place, but there was definitely an attempt to get some kind of Middle Eastern menace into it. Failed. Completely failed. Uh, I mean, we're talking is no good levels of uh, failing to... It's, I mean, let's face it, it was pretty much an is no good cartoon. Yeah. You know is no good? No. <laughs> it's basically Asterix, but um, Arabian Nights. Great, uh, great. It's, Asterix it's, is good. It's about a. Um... I was thinking about Asterix now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Much Memories. Very good. Very good. Uh, it's it's about a um, a vizier, a a uh, an evil vizier, mm. and it follows his uh, his exploits in trying to take over the kingdom. Right, I see. And it, of course, it's a lot of stereotypes and so on. Yeah, because it's a French cartoon from the fifties. 50- Possibly 60s. Yeah, 50s are probably uh, it, would be, it would be pretty contemporary with Asterix, I believe. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 that's thinking about it, that was also a uh, Sunday morning cartoon. Yeah, well, uh, but, uh, not Back to Duke. episode 3. Uh, the third episode that we watched. It's not episode 3, sorry. Um, what was I saying about it now? Uh, yes, the inexplicable accents, we've already covered that. So, the first point that I want to bring up about this episode. Um, is that this showcases gadgets the inter- the internals of gadgets car, which can ha- has two forms obviously as the standard kind of um, like van kind of style and it also turns into a police car as well, um, which might explain him able to get away with petty crimes. But <clears throat> moving on, um, well he's a police inspector that goes internationally against a terrorist organization. Who were kind of like an evil spy group. Anyway. It it's it doesn't quite fit together. We saw the internals of his police van. 
car, whatever. The form of his car that is yeah. police. Um, and this features a little square panel filled on either side with buttons. Yes, and I'm sure that if we saw it again in a different episode, it wouldn't have any of these features. No. But um, basically the glam rocker says, oh, how do you put the radio on? And he presses one of the random buttons on the panel, which then immediately ejects a fucking punching glove, spring-based punching glove from the glove compartment and into his fucking groin. Yeah, yeah. Which is so good. This bizarre... Why is... I mean, I can get the the whole having buttons to disable someone who is attacking you by getting into your car and kind of yeah. hijacking you. Yeah. Why... Is there a crotch shot button that is very easily pressed? <laughs> um, so not only that, but it also sent him back into the back of the car somehow. Um, to which Inspector Gadget goes, what, was he, what did you say? It's like something like, oh no, it's this button. And then, and then presses he presses the ejector it. seat. Uh, yeah, and James Bond's uh, reference. And he goes fucking flying out. And I was thinking about how useful those two buttons would be. <laughs> if you're having an argument in the car, oh yeah, fuck you. Boom! Straight in the groin and you're in the back seat. Are oh, you still starting shit with me? Fuck off then. Out you go. It's like, that's a pretty good car. How's that about this car? Remove the decals and you're good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Give it a bit of lick, lick of paint. And it's very good. toyetic, the car. Uh, like it could very easily be turned into a toy. I will, like yes. they Like they, build, they designed it to be uh, toyish. Uh, to be something that could be produced as a toy. Right, I see. I get you. Um, I mean, all of the uh, all of the Power Rangers, uh, the the um, Super Sentai series, are the most toyetic. Yeah, they're the, they're the highest on the toyetic scale, where the, where everything literally looks like the toy, to, so they can produce toys out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, moving on. But it's it's quite a toyetic design. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they must have had a transforming car. Oh, yeah. There was definitely toy. Inspector Gadget toys, for sure. Uh, did did the toys transform? I'll have to look that one up. We'll find out. Hey, if you had a transforming car Inspector Gadget toy... Answers on a postcard, please. Yeah, yeah. The other bit that I wanted to bring up was um, the absolutely wonderful mind control music that Dr. Mad made up, or Dr. Claw even... <laughs> made up to um, hypnotise individuals, which somehow inexplicably doesn't hypnotise him, but hypnotises anyone else. Yeah. Including his cat, who isn't even in the same room and wouldn't technically hear it, but is still hypnotised despite that. Yeah. I mean... Classic 80s cartoons inconsistencies. No quite in the same room. Yeah. I mean, Gadget eventually wanders into the room in which it's just playing on a record player and no one's actually... Set up the record. How is this record just playing on its own in the middle of this room in 1983? Mm, mysterious. Um, but yeah, the wonderful, um, wonderful mind control track, which sounded a bit like this. What was it? It was like. Great, now that we've uh, hypnotised you all, um, I'll go and listen to our entire archive. <laughs> please like, please write us so many reviews on iTunes. Get yes. us up there. 
<laughs> when I snap my fingers, you all give us a review on iTunes. Hacha! Can you actually snap your fingers? No. Ah, we're screwed. Okay. Shit. <laughs> so it's a bit of an oddball. And I'm not sure it's aged well. No, definitely not. <laughs> as I expect none of these shows to have aged well. I remember liking it as a kid, of course. Um, I mean, like, if you are a kid, then I'm sure it's great fun. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have to really pay attention to these weird inconsistencies and parts that make literally no sense whatsoever. And haha, that dog is wearing a, 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 a nurse's outfit. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Funny funny if only <sighs> so this has been the pilot episode of deep geeks we would like to thank me for thinking of this idea <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, yes and and mark Thanks, for bringing up the greatest name that could ever possibly be and also <laughs> shout outs to mark cope for making our album artwork <laughs> And a very extra special, super lovely thanks to Like What I Like for letting us host this podcast on their feed. (laughs) Yes. Thank us for us. We will do this again. Yes. um, This was fun. Yeah. As much as of a pain as it is watching it, the fun comes in when you're recording it and you're recalling it and you're joking about it. I mean, to be honest, let's face it, we know what what Inspector Gadget is. So seeing that four times is just uh, this. This. It's the this. worst of idea of all time, but with Deke. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing some stuff that I don't remember or just haven't yes. seen before. Now, um, you're wondering, with the vast majority of Deke shows you'd expect to learn, oh, why Inspector Gadget? It's not because it's the top of the list. No, it, I mean, it is. But it's because it's the most well-known. Yes. We, it's, we, the, it's the most successful. Yeah, we decided that... Movie. Let me talk. We, we decided... Or rather, I suggested... It's a um, movie. Yeah. Oh, God, we've got to do the movie. Oh, yes, we're doing the oh, movies. No. The and direct-to-DVD sequel as well <laughs> from Disney. Uh, back Yo. when Ooh. Disney owned Deke for all of five minutes uh, before realising it had absolutely no value. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, we'll be doing this again at some point. Um, the reason why we picked Inspector Gadget, as I mentioned, is uh, it's the most popular. We decided to start this off with one of the more well-known and more well-loved series, to be quite honest. Um, we will be hitting up the more obscure ones that no one's really ever talks about or reminisces about. Obviously, apart from you, Oliver. I see you. I know you're a big fan of that Hulk Hogan show. I know you're the only one who ever talks good about it. We'll get to you in a moment. Don't you worry. But next episode, we meet some new friends from out of town. Out of town.